Welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. I'm Steven. And I'm Dakota. And yeah, we're here tonight to review Jurassic World. Um, just actually saw it tonight. So we'll give you a little tidbit on that. If it's if it's okay, if it's pretty good, if it's, it's amazing. awesome. <laughs> and so... We'll delve into that here in a couple minutes, but first, uh, we just like to go just talk about anything that's been going on in the news. What's something you caught in the news this week, Dakota? Well, for those of you that heard, the legendary Christopher Lee has unfortunately passed away. Or if you haven't heard, now you have. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher Lee, if if you're like Christopher who? Um, more in his old age, I mean, the guy was still like doing all these amazing franchises. I mean... Even if you don't like episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars that much, he was in. Uh, he was Count Dooku, Dooku, or have you say it? In uh, he didn't show up till episode two. Yeah, um, and then of course in Lord of the Rings, the thing that he's better in and more famous <laughs> for, he was Saruman, the White Wizard. Well, the White Wizard in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Um, and, and then yeah. Yeah, so he was famous for those, but, I mean, the guy had an acting career that spanned, jeez, a lot of decades. Oh, yeah. I mean, he... he was like a horror movie guy for a lot of years, and he was in renditions of, what, Dracula and and a lot of different a lot of different things like that. And so, yeah, just kind of one of the one of the greats. He was always, always came across as a really respectable guy. He never seemed to, you know do the classic sometimes those old guys end up becoming like caricatures of themselves like like unfortunately like sean connery yeah his last movie on his whatever you want to call it resume is league of extraordinary gentlemen where he's really just kind of a caricature of himself <laughs> yeah. in that movie and yeah. uh chris Lee never seemed to really go that far you know like shatner and connery and how they kind of ended their you know well, i guess shatner hasn't ended but well Maybe to some people he's ended his career. Anyway, yeah, so Chris Lee died. 93, though. It's, yeah. It wasn't he, exactly unexpected, I guess. But. Well, you got to remember, too, I mean, he was just in the... Well, he didn't really have a big part in the first two Hobbit movies, but in this last one, he was... Yeah, that's right. He, was he showed up, up in the there Hobbit. there throwing down with... <laughs> With some other act, obviously it wasn't him at his age. That well, was fighting, but that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think he claimed that he did some of his own stuff. He yeah. tried to do what he could. You know, obviously when he's throwing in yeah. the air. I mean, probably when you're 90, you don't want to be cracking anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pretty spry, spry old guy. Makes it definitely makes him look like a total, uh, <laughs> a total a kicker. That's yeah. the PG form, but. <laughs> But, but yeah, because he was yeah he definitely held his own in that movie. I mean, if you were to watch it, you think, "Whoa, this this old guy is pretty he, pretty tough." He definitely doesn't seem like he's twenty years older than Ian McKellen. Yeah, and he is. One movie that I I always kind of kind of thought was like his best was The Wicker Man. I don't know if you ever saw that the original, the original one. one. I never saw that. I just remember him and uh, he was in that one Bond movie also. Was it The Man with the Golden Gun? I think he was the man with the golden gun. Yeah. Um, he was a Bond villain even. Uh, so, um, I might have to check this out. Recheck it out just to make sure it was legit. But supposedly his physical appearance uh, was actually the basis for Dr. No. Really? Well, that's interesting. Dr. No, uh, for those of you uh, from the James Bond series, 
was supposed to be uh, part Chinese, and apparently uh, the writer of the books, oh, I forget his name. What is it? Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming uh, based the appearance of him uh, off off his off Christopher Lee for uh, he. That's who he based Doctor No off. Huh. Like I said, I have to check it. And then I heard. I don't know if this is just more rumors. Oh, here we but- go. Author, uh, <laughs> author Ian Fleming wanted his cousin Christopher Lee. Apparently, they were cousins. Yeah, that's. I had heard that rumor to play Doctor No. Lee would later appear as Scaramanga in 007 flick, The Man with the Golden Gun, and would play the character that inspired Fleming to create Doc, uh, create Doctor No, Doctor Fu Manchu, in several films. So, yeah, Fleming also asked Noel Coward to play the part of Dr. Noel Coward turned down the part by replying with a telegram that read, Dr. No, 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 no. <laughs> One of Coward's objections was having to wear metal hands. Max von Sydow turned down the part in order to play Jesus Christ in The Greatest Story Ever Told and would finally play a Bond villain in Never Say Never Again, which was that 1983. That was when One. Sean Connery came back, wasn't it? Yeah, he came back to do that one, and then there was like a rival movie, but for a different... Anyway, the role went to Joseph Wiseman, the only early Bond villain not to have his voice dubbed by another actor. So anyway, yeah, apparently Christopher Lee and Fleming were cousins, and, and he really wanted... Yeah, Lee yeah. Bader, know. Interesting stuff there. One fact for you. Well, I have seen pictures of him when he was young, and he was actually... He looks like an imposing figure with those broad shoulders of his and he was supposed to be pretty tall and lean yeah yeah well i mean he worked in man he's the man with gold i mean he worked in that too so so yeah chris really anyway um another thing that on the movie we're reviewing tonight uh jurassic world um it's set to be universal's it might be their second billion dollar movie of the year let's just put it that way you know they had fury seven but this one has been their best opener um Ever and it's the best opener of the year so far. It, it surpassed Age of Ultron. Yeah, um, that's, Jurassic World has. So. That's shocking, uh, to be honest with you. It is. It is a little shocking, but at the same time, there was a lot of buzz on this that they were going back to the Jurassic Park roots, and people really were desperately wanting that. <laughs> yeah. You know, after the disappointment that was Jurassic Park three. So, well, not. I think a big part of it has to do with the fact that. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia around the original Jurassic Park, it seems like. There it's, is. And they tried to capture a little bit in that movie. We can get into that. Yeah. Which um, also, I think, is possibly one of the reasons why that Ninja Turtles movie from last year is so universally hated. A lot of nostalgia, and it did not live up to the original. Yeah. That's, well, look at what they're doing with the next Teenage Mutant Turtles. They brought in Casey Jones, Bebop, and Rocksteady are going to be in the next one. <laughs> I mean, you, you, they're just like desperately grasping at straws just to bring in any nostalgia to get people to go because the first one did did enough uh, did good enough to to warrant a sequel and in their opinion Paramount or whoever who does own is it Paramount? Anyway, um so yeah. Nostalgia definitely helps in the <laughs> yeah. cases of these. I mean, I think that's what they're hoping with Terminator this summer, too, is that nostalgia will help play in. Yeah. Although we'll see. Anyway, let's go into our review of Jurassic World. 
It's not about control. Stand down. It's a relationship. Based on respect. These animals are thinking, I gotta eat. I gotta hunt. I gotta... You gotta be able to relate to at least one of those things. a new attraction attendees has spiked. That was awesome. Corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor. They're dinosaurs. Wow enough. She was designed to be bigger than the T-Rex. What happened to the sibling? She ate it. We have an asset out of containment. So Jurassic World, uh, Dakota, going into this movie, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit in our commentary. You seem like you were pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anticipation was very high for this movie. And I just... How high would you say your anticipation <laughs> was? Would you say 10 million? <laughs> Next to what? <laughs> like, is this a scale of like 10 million? One uh, to 10 one? million. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty broad. Um, <laughs> I might have to think about this. Yeah. So you had pretty high anticipation anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, Jurassic Park, the first movie, just just an amazing movie. Second one, pretty good. Third one, yeah, let's not talk about that. Lost World is one that, in my opinion, just kind of sneaks by. <laughs> it sneaks by where you're like, well, you know, it's there and it's not bad in Jurassic Park 3. It's, it's, the only thing good about Jurassic Park 3 is Dr. Grant, honestly. Yeah. He's just... It's almost annoying that movie because he just is grump. But I mean, the second Jurassic Park movie, it's just one of those movies where if it had ended at a certain point, it it would have been good. Yes, before the Godzilla crap. <laughs> yeah. So yes, and it it'll it unfortunately will probably always have that reputation. Like there are a few movies, right that. <laughs> That definitely have that reputation, and they're never going to be able to shake it. Yeah, my anticipation was high too, and I and I like this idea of having an open functioning park. I really wanted that, so I was happy to see that. And then just kind of having it be like uh, what they say the in the movie, the Jurassic World. Their their functioning park had been functioning for what a decade. Oh yeah, and they averaged twenty thousand visitors a day, and uh, yeah, they're they're it was kind of one of those things where. Every time they see a dip in their attendance, they try to figure out, well, what can we do to to spice things up here? And and it's it's kind of interesting. It, it, there's a little bit. This isn't really talking about the movie, and I think they were just kind of using it as their uh, plot device. But it, even though it was a plot device in the movie, it is true how you know people are like, we want something bigger, we want something you know more deadly, we want something more scary. And we want all these things, but gosh darn it, you better figure out a way to make it safe at the same time, you know, and it's just like kind of impossible when you're talking about dinosaurs and things like that. When you want to, They want something big and yeah. scary and, and something we're not quite sure what to do with. Um, so there's that whole aspect, but um, on that part of the movie, I really felt like this one was not even, you know, obviously there's a whole idea where this one was. Um, supposed to be kind of almost more of a direct sequel to the first one in, in that aspect of having the park be open and, and stuff. But it was like they didn't learn from their mistakes. They did exactly what Ellie Sadler was telling Hammond. It's like, 
in that, you know, that scene where he's sitting there and he's like, well, next time, you know, we'll do this right. And she's like, you know, you don't, there, you don't have control. You know, that's the illusion. That's what she says. You know, he's acting like when, you know, if we control it right. And that's what I found interesting about this movie is it felt like as much as they act like they had control, it seemed like nobody at that park really knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it, didn't that feel weird? Like in that movie, it's like the security guys weren't, felt like they didn't know what they were supposed to do. And then this one guy's like, yep, they're all accounted for. Oh, whoops, I missed that one. You know, and this is like, this is pretty bad. You know, are we supposed to assume that after like a decade, they're kind of chill? Because I did notice when they'd show the people running the rides, they just seemed like they were almost like bored. I th- when you go to an amusement park and they're like, have a good ride. Like, I know. think we could just blame that on stagnation. I mean, I suppose. I suppose, I mean, to you and me, if we saw a dinosaur, we'd be like, holy cow. But if you had to see one every day for like five years. Yeah, I think that was the thing that we, I guess you just had to remember. Because at first I'm like, it just seems like they're taking their job kind of. But I guess when you put into the, put into the, into the mix that it has been functioning 10 years, they're rolling in the dough. She almost has, she almost, by she, I mean the main uh, woman who's kind of, the overseer of the park played by Bryce Dallas Howard. She doesn't even really think of them as living animals. Even they're just kind of more like, are they bringing in people or not yeah. or whatever? And more like and, just uh, tourist attractions. Right. And so what did you think? Um, before we get into the dinosaurs, let's go into the actors. How'd you feel? We had Chris Pratt um, as Owen Grady, I believe was his name. Yeah. And then you had Bryce Dallas Howard playing Claire and she like I said she's kind of the overseer of the park and then there were two um boy actors that were her nephews um I don't know th- those were kind of the main people anyway what what did you think of the of the main four um I was I thought they all did pretty good I mean Bryce Dallas Howard uh she probably didn't have the best role then again she's not really the best actress out there. I mean, she's kind of limited. She was limited in what she could do with this character and, you know, what she herself can do. So I I thought she did okay. I mean, there's, I don't know if we should bring this up or if you heard, but some people thought the movie was kind of sexist because the way she starts off, she's kind of very cold and she's a very what you think of like a very modern business it kills woman. me people say that because when you have a main male <laughs> that is very business driven and is goal oriented they never go well oh i mean he's just playing the role of the driven businessman but whenever you have a woman who's like cold and 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 and, and just trying to keep every you know, but they're like well, it's sexist, and so yeah. and so. Whatever, I just think it's stupid. And but. without <laughs> without giving away too much, um, she, naturally she goes out, goes through some adventures, nearly gets killed a few times, uh, starts becoming like protect protective and caring of her her nephews, and naturally there's some attraction with. Uh, with the Grady, the Owen Grady character, which is only natural. I mean, the guy's pretty good looking. Yeah, it's Chris I mean, Pratt. He's a good looking yeah. dude. So, and I think, and then apparently that's somehow sexist. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't get it either. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just like whatever. 
Um, I think people just read in too much into things. Yeah, maybe. it was bored boredom. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. So the gist of the movie is just like you know people want something bigger, and so they create a new dinosaur of sorts, and uh, the Indominus Rex. They call it the Indominus Rex, which. When I heard that before the movie, I was like, "Was so stupid." I heard that you know a long time ago. They're talking about, and in the movie they do comment it's a stupid name, and then she goes, "Well, we wanted a name that kids could actually pronounce or something because there's so many hard dinosaur names," and so they gave it a name. But the 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 problem with it, of course, is that the name fits a little too well. Just like in the first one, when you have the DNA things they put in it that cause the dinosaurs to do things they didn't expect. Same thing kind of happens with this one where. It gets certain traits they didn't expect, and it's smart and dangerous, and things run amok. <laughs> and so, um, as far as as far as like the acting goes, uh, I thought Chris Pratt fit fit his role pretty well. Bryce Dallas Howard, I think that role of Claire. You know, that role was fine. I think uh, a different actress could have just played it better. I think she just doesn't – I think she just gets a role and doesn't know what to do because she's not that great. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything where I'm just like, well, she's really good at that. You know, everybody's like, oh, the help. But I don't know. When you think about the help, oh, she's just like a snoot, a snooty whatever. Spider-Man 3? You weren't filming yeah. her oh, in Spider-Man God. 3? <laughs> and then she was terrible in Spider-Man. Nobody was good in Spider-Man 3 really except for like – uh, well, J.K. Simmons, he's always great in those. <laughs> but even by then, he seemed like maybe he was getting bored. But um, and the the two boys were were fine, except that honestly, I think that the Claire role was fine. But uh, I just think Bryce Dallas Howard was was not a fitting fit to the role. I think she's just living off her dad, honestly, with her <laughs> career. Um, her dad being Ron Howard. Uh, the boys were fine. I thought they were fine. It's just that the 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 backstory they gave them, I felt like we were like, it's like I get it. You know, I feel like I get it. He's like the older brother who just likes girls, is trying to be cool, and is trying to make ignore the fact that his parents are having problems. And the younger boy is really excited to be at a dinosaur park. And is starting to understand that his parents are having, but it felt like they were like dwelling on that so long, you know, like it was almost like they wanted to show the park more. And so it was either like have no dialogue and just have the boys go ooh, ooh, <laughs> look around or they just kept trying to fit in dialogue about that. So, you know, so they could show the monorail over the dinosaurs and go through this. And yeah, I think they were and, trying uh, to make the two kids too relatable i yeah it was like there's character development (laughs) and then there's like um i don't know where you just kind of like we get it you know that kind of like you don't need to just keep building like the subtlety is a good thing sometimes and and things like that and so and so i thought i thought those boys were fine or whatever i just thought that they're kind of the way they tried to do their character development was like a little over over the top but uh so there was a, there was this new dinosaur. There was a lot of dinosaurs in this movie. They, oh yeah. They like, oh my gosh! I don't even. I lost count of how many different dinosaurs were in this movie. Um, and then they've. That was funny how they had the petting zoo with the her, with the <laughs> yeah. herbivores. And I thought it was funny that kids riding baby triceratops. That was actually kind of cool. That was hilarious because that's <laughs> what they wanted to do in the first movie with Lex and Tim. Was, yeah. And they couldn't figure out how to make it work and not seem cheesy. <laughs> and 
And it was kind of cool having the petting zoo and the kid. You know, that, that just seems like something that would happen. Um, As an adult, I would I would still be up for that. Like, yeah, let's yeah. Do this. Well, I know the 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 <laughs> kid who was supposed to be like what twelve or something was like, I'm still within the height requirement. <laughs> like he wanted to do it. Um, how do what, how do you feel about the dinosaurs in this? Um, I mean, how they look because you know we still we talked about last time and a lot of people talk about how the first Jurassic Park is still a bar in a certain sense with with uh, you know. With the uh, yeah, with the dinosaurs actually looking realistic. Yeah, with yeah. how real they looked for 1993, and and things. So, how did you feel with this one of how the dinosaurs looked? Oh, um, honestly, for the most part, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, there was a couple exceptions where they could have used some work. Yeah, a little rendering here and there, but it helped. Yeah, like there is a scene where uh, this giant. Wow, I almost. I'm gonna use the term long neck. I'm gonna go back to <laughs> go back to my long neck. grade school days there laying you go. on the ground. And they go up to it and they just kinda pet it and that was probably that's probably the most realistic scene. And honestly, that was one scene where I realized that I think that was a practical Yeah. I think one. It, I think it was the only and, one. And that was minus Stan Winston. Yeah. You know, the great Stan Winston. Um, yeah, that did look cool. Uh as far as the other you know, like all the dinosaurs, you know, I mean in my you could tell that they were CGI, but there's knowing a CGI, and then there's really terrible, distracting Sharknado type CGI. <laughs> and I guess I didn't find any of the CGI like really distracting. Um, when it was tense, I was in the moment. Um, when it was kind of awe and wonder, for the most part, I was in the awe and wonder. You know, things I, I never found it terribly distracting, even though here and there you'd remember that it. <laughs> was CGI and and some of that maybe is just uh well, we've gotten better with it and they've gotten better with getting actors to respond to something that quote unquote isn't there yeah. and uh yeah I mean I thought all the dinosaurs and it was cool just to see some of those other dinosaurs you haven't seen in the movies like um the ankylosaurus was in this and then of course the one that they show in the in the uh, preview, that M- Mazasaurus or whatever, that swimming one that yeah, grabs the shark that's yeah. in the trailer. It was cool to see that aquatic one like that. And uh, one one noticeable one I didn't I didn't see at all. I don't know if you did. The compies, those annoying little dinosaurs. Were they in this? I didn't see them at all. I know. I was kind of looking for them, expecting them. Honestly, there was a scene with the boys when they were crawling out of the water where <laughs> I was I was really expecting compies to hop out. It makes me wonder if they just were like, these dinosaurs serve no purpose. Let's just exterminate yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, really, I mean, they seemed by themselves, they'd probably be okay. But in a pack, they seemed pretty bloodthirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, I have one question for you. What was the name of that big dinosaur from the third one? The Spinosaurus? The Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus. The one with the big back fin. Yeah. Spinosaurus. It almost looked like you saw the skeleton of that thing right before it gets destroyed in this. I wonder if they were trying to send us a message. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It happens in the end. Uh, let's just say there's a fight and it gets destroyed. It looked like it because of the big, yeah. the big longer snout. Yeah. Uh, so we'll try not to get into too many deep specifics, but as far as like the storyline, 
Um, I mean, I think everybody kind of gets the idea just by the trailers. If you've seen those, just how it's like the, it delves in the idea again of just cause we can, should we type ideas, but it, as far as the, like, the rest of the storyline, do you feel like it worked? Do you think it fit into the Jurassic Park universe? Um, there was one, the one part of the story where it kind of stalled for me was, um, I was, I've for some reason started thinking of alien, the alien movies where they tried to turn these aliens like into like military, tried to use them in like military engagements. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. We're going to spoil it for you, folks. They they try to use the raptors. Well, they have an idea of using the raptors in that similar way. There's a guy with InGen, the corporation that Michael Crichton made up for the Jurassic Park world, that wants to militarize raptors. Yeah. And I think, in a certain sense, he's hoping other dinosaurs, possibly in the process, like, you know, gen- genetically... Uh, what's that... Genetically modify yeah. ones to fit their needs for military and, and, and things like that. And so, yeah. That was um, probably the most heavy-handed version of this story or part of the story. But I was a, I was a little saddened <laughs> that they decided to go into the realm of militarizing a science experiment. Just because, you know, you, you talked about in the past how their, like, chase scenes have become, like, like almost expected and cliche in a way. And I feel like in things like this that involve like this sci-fi and science type things, it's starting to get so commonplace that it has to be some sort of, there's a guy who wants to militarize <laughs> yeah. it. And, and, and it didn't, that aspect of the militarizing didn't really need to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They could have got by without it. I mean, even though there's the whole crisp, Pratt's character having the, 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 uh, being a former seaman. Yeah. But I mean like, uh, his working with those Raptors and kind of becoming yeah. their alpha of the pack. That definitely, you could have had that without the, yeah. the whole militarization subplot. Um, and it still would have, it still would have been fine or whatever, but yeah, you're, you're right. That was definitely part of the story. It was like, they could have done without that. Um, is there any other aspects kind of stuck out to you is kind of like, or do you feel like most of it kind of, well, kind of flowed? I kind of, I, I actually admire Vincent D'Onofrio as an actor. He was, okay. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's been all over the place. Uh, lately he's been pretty gaining popularity. Thanks to the show daredevil. Yeah. He plays a very good Wilson Fisk. Oh yeah. On, uh, the dare, the Netflix series daredevil. Well, when he when he sauntered onto the screen in this one, it kind of I don't know. It was like he was trying to be his most redneck, and I didn't I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it fit. Like like if he had been like he was out of place in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like if he'd been chewing a dip and wearing a cowboy hat, it would it wouldn't have surprised me at all the way his character was in this. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He didn't feel out of place. His plot because yeah. he was the the militarization storyline. His he was just a part of the storyline that didn't fit, but I didn't think he was. Yeah, he was. It seemed like he was trying to be too much of a good old boy, and I don't know. I found that a little distracting. Well, I think the humans in this movie just suffered a little bit because this is one of those movies where it's hard to find that balance of um, 
how much time do we give to the humans? We want to know them a little bit, but at the same time, we're still a little bit of that creature feature. Yeah. And it's always hard to know what to do with to do in those movies. You know, you have ones that are really good, like Jaws, which yeah. is a creature feature, but at the same time, it isn't. Yeah. You you really are invested in in what ends up being those three guys that are on the boat. You know, that becomes a great. Would that be? I guess that'd be like the third act of the movie. Yeah. Third act of that movie is great just because, you you know, you, you get to know those guys even a little better. And uh, and so it's almost bigger than a creature feature. They, you know, that kind of worked. But sometimes these movies, it, you know, it's probably hard to, to know how to handle that. Because, you know, what they do a lot of times is they go, well, we're going to get a great character director for these movies because we don't want the 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 human side to suffer. Yeah. And then sometimes those are like, well, that wasn't even really a... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that was some people's complaint with this last Godzilla was that they got this director who seemed to focus almost so much on the human side that you barely got to spend time with with Godzilla. Keep in mind, he is famous for directing a monster movie called Monsters that barely had any monsters. Yeah, in that it. I actually started thinking, oh, that sounds intriguing, and it's like you're mostly two people wandering in Central or Mexico or Central America forest (laughs) yeah Yeah. kind of an interesting so yeah just just finding that balance yeah you know is tough and so it's yeah they definitely i don't know they did a good job in this one but it did pretty good and i think it helps when you have you know chris pratt is a little bit of an up-and-comer but at the same time i think he's established himself enough oh yeah and it just seems like every movie he's in he's totally invested to the role like he'd never, you know, like, like uh, in this movie, for instance. I mean, well, I always think Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. wouldn't have worked as well without him, just because that movie was just so ridiculous when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. You had blue people and green people and weird looking and- raccoons. Talking and, trees, and, and he took every he he just acted with those things with not a big deal. And he just makes you feel comfortable in that world. And I felt the same way in this one. Like, that whole raptor, alpha <laughs> yeah. of the pack thing. I mean, you it, he, just, he, was, he worked. He worked in that thing where it didn't feel stupid just because he seemed so comfortable in that role that you're like, yeah, yeah, Owen's the... Owen's training these raptors, you know, yeah. they're listening to him. And I, I think that's definitely a credit to him. And I think he is deserving of what they're saying that he really is an A-list star. He's proved, I mean, Lego movie was kind of a little bit the beginning of his full steam ahead, but you could say, well, he's just a voice actor. <laughs> but then, you know, you have, you have Guardians of the Galaxy come along. Then you have, you have this come along here now. And it's just proving that um, he's showing himself that, uh, that he can do this, that he's believable in in these roles, you know, because because I think this role maybe he somewhat dressed like Star Lord, but <laughs> yeah. he didn't act like Star Lord at yeah. all, and so it wasn't like, well, he just plays the same guy in every movie. No, he didn't feel like Star Lord in this movie at all. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's I not, mean, he's definitely not one of those actors who every movie he's playing the same guy. Yeah, like who would be a good example of that? Uh, honestly, I was just talking about this earlier. Josh Gad. Oh, coming up in Pixels here. That's true. For uh, uh, that'd be a more recent example. 
of um, how someone like Josh Gad plays basically the same guy. Probably a more infamous example of that, Shia LaBeouf. Sure. Which is why he turned down. I, there was. I'm going to go out and be crazy. Some people might hate this, but I'm going to say Johnny Depp. <laughs> I mean, and maybe, you know, you'd be like, well, what about, you know, this movie, this movie. But definitely since Pirates of the Caribbean, which would be 2003, he's definitely basically been playing the same person and hardly really changed yeah, himself I think, at all. I think he got stuck in this loop. Which it's funny you say that because somebody also, sorry, no really, no, this has nothing to do with Jurassic World, but I'm bringing it up anyway. <laughs> Tim Burton just directed a movie called Big Eyes, and I had seen the movie with no idea he directed it, and it is the most un-Tim Burton movie I have ever seen. Yeah, it's like a biopic. Yeah, and I was like, maybe he got tired of being in the Tim Burton mode and it's like i need to step out of my comfort shoes because the last two movies i did what the hell was i doing yeah i it's actually a good movie too um, yeah people were talking <laughs> i mean it got i mean there was some buzz around around big eyes I, I it wasn't one that interested me very much but there was some buzz around it and i suppose if you were familiar with that artist that would definitely look like interesting but yeah i mean in but on that topic of, you know, there's people just kind of phoning in. That's what I like about Chris Pratt. And then you even think to, like, you know, he came, where he really came onto the scene was Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. And he's come you, a long way. And really. if you compare his Andy Dwyer character on Parks and Rec to now this Owen character in Jurassic World, way different. <laughs> I mean, he could play that total lovable doofus, but at the same time, play this guy where you totally believe him as the yeah he could handle this situation and and uh yeah i could i could see him holding raptors back from hurting somebody and well he's well even before he really took off uh he was able to just kind of step into a role and just make it his own and just disappear inside it uh, i'm gonna point out zero dark 30 oh yeah yeah it didn't have a huge role yeah plays but, a navy uh, seal and the first time I saw it, I don't think I realized it was him until I was watching the credits. Sure. And he actually did pr- a pretty good job in that movie, even though he's on it for he's in it for 30 minutes maybe. Yeah, um, I don't I don't remember. It's like a 2 2 hour and 15 minute movie. Yeah, he plays a a a kind of he plays a pitcher in Moneyball to um who's kind of underconfident in his abilities and and he's good at that little role too where Yeah. But yeah, it, it, he's just good, and and I think with Jurassic World, he works in the role. It's just another example where they could have done more with him. Yeah, um, they just it was just kind of one of those things where I said it's just hard to balance these type of movies. Not everyone just has the gift. Maybe the script was tricky. I don't know. I, I saw I noticed in the in the credits that the script was done by the people who are doing these new Planet of the Apes yeah. movies. The Rick um, Jaffa and Amanda Silver. They, that they wrote this. Which, ironically, very, very little human involvement in that. It's mostly the apes that take center stage. In Dawn. Yeah. Definitely in Dawn. It's, it's uh, yeah. And definitely that movie an ape-centric was movie. definitely one of the best I saw last year. <laughs> that was, yeah. Yes. A very good movie. Very good. Um, But, yeah, I don't... As far as just the the over, 
overarching thing with Jurassic World, I thought for the most part it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Um, I think one thing I was that crossed my mind as this movie came to a close. I think Michael Crichton actually probably really would have approved of this movie. I think he would have. Cause I think, like I said, I felt like his, his theme of Jurassic park was still in this. Oh yeah. In a big way. And, uh, and it felt like it was really trying. And I mean, when you see if you, if, or when you see this movie, you'll definitely see they were really, trying to honor the first movie whether you think they succeeded or not in this movie um but yeah i think i think he would have would have approved obviously it's hard to know because he's dead but, yeah the, um the one impressive thing is they weren't too heavy-handed with their message either. no no they weren't that that was definitely the one thing i saw with this movie was spielberg with the, with the first movie was trying to keep a delicate balance of not having it be a monster movie you know, having you think these were just out of time animals, and and when they hurt someone, it was because they were just trying, they were just being themselves to in a certain sense. I felt like this movie here, but I think it's because we were also following basically a Frankenstein's monster yeah. dinosaur that was just kind of basically out of control and and isn't actually a dinosaur really because it's one they just kind of made. Um. This one definitely, I felt, fell into the category of almost more monster movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe maybe Steven Spielberg was kicking back and said to himself, you know, maybe if I had made Jurassic Park a monster movie, <laughs> I wonder how that would have turned out. Maybe. I don't know, because, I mean, he was, I mean, he helped kind of work on what the storyline of this would be. He's the one who picked Colin Trevorrow, the director. And so, I mean, this this movie, I mean, he's making it pretty pretty noticeably and loudly that he is, I mean, this has his total stamp of approval, not just his production company. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I guess overall, uh, what do you say, what do you say, Dakota, as a, is it a, is it a, a recommend? A very strong recommend. And you're saying see it in theaters? Oh, yeah. Skip the... T- Skip the 3D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there was a few shots where I could tell, like, <laughs> yeah, that would probably come out in 3D, but... Mm. Yeah, it seems like every movie, though, does it just to justify... Yeah, they're trying to justify it. <laughs> justify having their movie in 3D, which is total malarkey. If your movie is totally dependent on 3D, I'm talking to you, Avatar, <laughs> then it probably isn't a good movie. I'm talking to you, Avatar... Are you are you implying that the Avatar story? I'm kidding. There was no story in that movie. <laughs> I'm implying that Avatar is a terrible movie, and that the 3D just I think distracts you from remembering how stupid it is, and that it's a ripoff. And anyway, digressing. Yeah, for me, that's what we do best. <laughs> <laughs> that's our thing. For me, Jurassic World is yeah, definitely recommend definitely recommend it. Um, do I put it up on the same level? as Jurassic Park? No. But of course not. Of course it's a tough that's a tough bar. We, I mean we don't even pretend. But do I put it under Jurassic Park above Dr- Lost World and Jurassic Park 3? Yes. <laughs> I put it above. Really? I put it above Lost World and Jurassic Park 3. Um I I think 
maybe in a, in, in a way Lost World worked when it came out. But I think when you go back and revisit it, it's really just not that good of a movie. And Jurassic Park 3 was barely good when it came out. <laughs> yeah. And so this one, um, I feel like... Uh, I feel like it works. There's nothing in the movie that that graded on me too much, except Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, um, yeah. So I put it under Jurassic Park above the other two. Since we're talking about the others, um, we'll talk about them now. Okay. Now that, now that we're <laughs> done with that, and so. um, I actually rewatched the second one, and it is a movie that does not benefit from multiple viewings because then you are noticing things that don't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And, uh, they changed Malcolm too much. He doesn't yeah. feel like the Malcolm, you know, and love in the first one. Yeah. And, it's uh, just like, yeah, it's just, there was so many things wrong with it. Like the more you watch it, the more noticeable things get like, yeah, apparently at some point the T-Rex has just become ninjas. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and the acting is just a lot of the acting in that movie is and they, just kind of silly. And then they attack, leave, attack, come back. It's like yeah, and they kept trying to give Goldblum new one liners like uh, "Mama's angry" or whatever, <laughs> and and uh, they just didn't catch on or work as much as like life uh, finds a way and yeah. must go faster and and whatever you know. I mean. But other, I mean, that's just beside the fact that it felt like it wasn't even that it was the same actor with the same name, but it felt like he was almost a different person. And I think they were trying to play on like that. Well, he'd been to the island and it jaded him, but it still was just too different. And Jurassic yeah. Park three, uh, two words, <laughs> T. Leone. <laughs> she, she just was not good in her role and that movie was so contrived trying to get them to the island and 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 uh i they tried to have the boy be like the new timmy <laughs> and whatever i always felt the tagline of that movie should have been now with 70 percent less plot <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding um i i always feel bad for joe johnston the guy who directed that like i just felt like you know like Steven I mean, asked him to Steve Spielberg and, and he said, okay, cause they're friends or whatever. But you know, there's, there's a, I mean, he did honey. I shrunk the kids, which maybe you're like, well, honestly watch it again. It isn't too bad. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, uh, he did the rocketeer. He did Jumanji more recently. He did captain America, the first Avenger, which yeah. is way better than a lot of people give it credit for. It's a perfect period piece. Um, and then just a cool origin superhero movie. But I mean, the guy is usually a good director, and 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 the look of Jurassic Park three is fine. Just the plot. I, I think it was one of those things where they. <laughs> it's one of those the question posed by Michael Crichton, just because you can make something doesn't mean you should too. Yeah, and I think that, and I think Steven Spielberg, yeah, was trying to be more careful with this one, and I think for the most part he succeeded. Oh yeah. Um. It isn't perfect, but. Dang if it ain't fun. And I'm telling yeah. you, when you get to like the climactic stuff of this movie, it it I thought it was a lot of fun and it was ridiculous and I almost threw my arms in the air because <laughs> yeah. it was just it just it I mean, it's weird because we were talking about how this movie has a lot of like carnage in it. 
Oh, yes. And yet it seemed like they'd followed up with some, like, funny line or try to pass it off. And, and that, that's what was funny was uh, it had that, but they were still trying to keep it a fun movie. And, and maybe some of that did feel out of balance. But but in the end, it still seemed pretty fun. I'm just kind of, you know, we have some ideas of where they could go next because it, it, there's apparently Chris Pratt has signed on for a sequel to this, another one. Not sure exactly where they're going to go with that. Um, we'll see. Um, you just never know. It might work. So, I guess we'll we'll be have rehaving this discussion three years from now. <laughs> yeah, or whenever. Yeah, three years. Or Chris Pratt's getting into so many franchises now. I don't know. He's gonna have time for yeah. everything. It's like you know people talking about being new Indiana Jones. Like, well, he could do that, but geez, does he have time? <laughs> Marvel owns him. Jurassic Park owns him, and and uh well those are the only two franchises i guess he's in now but now. if he but if he wants to do any other any other movies it's going to get tricky when you're involved in especially marvel they kind of oh yeah kind of there he he might start to feel the burnout pretty quick maybe I mean, and he's already talking about you know he'd like to get out of hollywood with you know his wife anna ferris and you now they have a son jack just to take some time to get away but i think at the same time he's just trying to have this fun ride while he can, you know. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jurassic World, um, we're both saying check it out, um, especially if you just like a getaway fun summer movie. And, and, and obviously, if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, this is definitely worth a check out. There's, there's some nostalgia there. There's some new ideas. There's some old things that kind of come up in this yeah. that, that you'll probably get a tickle out of. So... Um, we probably should say this though. Do not take your small children to this movie. <laughs> yeah, because we saw firsthand how small children react to this movie tonight, and yeah. it does not go well. Well, and some of that was well. There's just enough. This is just PG thirteen <laughs> enough where it probably isn't good. But there was like small children there. And uh, they just end up get, had to get taken out, and I don't know what it was for. If it was like just couldn't sit still anymore, but and maybe that's another clue. Your little kid isn't going to sit through this movie. Apparently, we found that out. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a uh, some loud kids by us for a little bit, but they left. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Once again, like we always say, you know, like us on Facebook. Um. That's where I try to put a lot of our updates. I also throw any of our kind of link updates on Twitter too, if you want to follow us on there. Um, we're on iTunes, so hope you subscribe. Um, then it'll just it'll be in your subscriptions, and when we put a new one on, it'll pop up. You can refresh our our channel subscription isn't there, and it'll be there. You know, subscribe on YouTube, same way. You'll just know about it then. And uh, yeah, so hopefully you'll you'll do those things, give us a better idea of who's out there, who cares. Um, we were really ex- I was really excited to see. Um, there was people checking out the Jurassic Park commentary. wasn't sure <laughs> if there would be, but there was people actually checking that out. You get a little scared when you do something like that, if they'll actually invest time into that. And, hey, and if this, you try to sync it up with your movie, which... This is the summer, folks. It's when you're going on a long drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even just to listen to it. Um, and it was nice to see that as we're progressing here, you know, there was quite a few... Views for us, anyway, at this point on our Tomorrowland review. So hopefully you do go back and look at some of those reviews if you care. Um, which hopefully you do. So, yeah. Uh, 
We'll catch you next time. This is Steven. This is Dakota. And have a good night.